six. You're good. Okay, we'll start over. <laughs> good morning. Pat Zemer here with MagnaWave. We now have sound. Uh, we had to make some adjustments there to uh, get the sound turned back on because we were at MagnaCon last week and the adjustments were, were changed on the equipment. So I apologize for that, but we're glad to be here with you this morning to uh, answer your questions and uh, discuss anything that you might like to discuss about MagnaWave or PEMF, whether it be machine, certification, training, um, protocols, guidelines, specific questions, whatever it is, just post them in the chat box here on Facebook or on YouTube and we will certainly uh, answer your questions. If you'd like to talk with me, uh, text me your name to 502-599-9722 and I will uh, call you right back and have a discussion with you about whatever it is that you would like to talk about. We always go deeper and I enjoy the how the conversations can get deeper into the topic when we have the uh, conversations together uh, on the phone and then broadcast to our listeners and viewers. <clears throat> so with that I will cover a few things. Uh, MagnaCon was last week and I know this will probably be edited at some point so this little blurb isn't in there but MagnaCon was last week and it was excellent. We had over 200 people with us here in Louisville for the event. We had live activity, live hands-on training with horses small animals, people. We just covered the, the gamut as, as much as we possibly could. Uh, everybody had a lot of fun. It seemed like every, everything went smoothly. Uh, wore me out. I mean, it'll, it'll flat <laughs> wear a person out uh, for those actually four days because we start gearing up on Tuesday, then it runs through Friday, and then you got to close up on Saturday. Five days when you get right down to it of uh, constant activity. But it went very well. I thank everyone who came. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. The evening at, at Churchill Downs was absolutely fantastic. The weather was perfect. Uh, food was good. We had a good time at Churchill Downs and then our gala on uh, Friday evening this year. It was speakeasy. Uh, so we had a good time there with dancing. Uh, Lane's husband's band came and uh, played and we had a lot of good dancing, a lot of good time. Uh, gave away some nice uh, prizes and gifts. So we had a great time at MagnaCon. If you want to come next year so you can see clearly in the future, it's going to be MagnaCon 2020. Did you get that clearly in the... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> MagnaCon 2020 will be, I think, the dates have been established, June 10th, 11th, and 12th of next year. So uh, we're going to get on it immediately. We've, we've learned that we really want to fine-tune some things further and uh, go deeper in, in what we're doing. So we're going to start the process actually with planning meetings starting tomorrow to uh, begin planning MagnaCon uh, 2020 for a clear view into the future. Can't quit. Can't give that up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's MagnaCon next year. We had a great time this year. If you have a question, throw it up on the uh, chat box and I'd be happy to answer it for you. One of the questions that we were asked at MagnaCon, and I think it's very good, and Aaron's asked that I cover it this morning, is the MagnaWave, the uh, Zoom Paddle. Why does it feel differently than the other attachments? <clears throat> well, the, pri the primary reason for that is, and I'll try to explain this to you, if you can take a look at this horseshoe um, I, that I have here, a Justify Horseshoe um, from the Justify Horse that won the Triple Crown same shoe that the horse uh, wore, same type of shoe, if you will. But the the regular coil is circular like the shoe itself and the signal comes out of the coil and goes back in towards the center, giving you a more of a fountain effect. And so that's why, and it feels a particular way uh, as it's delivered that way. I would say that it's a little softer than what the uh, 
the, the paddle that I'm going to describe uh, delivers. And then if that's a digital machine, it is a little softer yet because as we've talked, the digital signals have a little dome at the top. The, the uh, spark chamber symbol signals are a little sharper at the top, so they're a little sharper, uh, a little more intense when they go in. But when they're in this coil, like it's a total circular, the way the large loop, the butterfly, the wave wings, and those operate, comes out like a fountain, so it goes in like a fountain, a little softer. The paddle, on the other hand, is solid, and it, it is made in a fashion, it's called a pure Tesla coil, meaning that as the coil is spun, it, it goes all the way out to the edge, and the copper wire is actually uh, laying on next to itself. It's touching as it goes out. What that creates, it doesn't have the ability, it tries to have the ability to come out like a fountain, but it doesn't do that because of the way it's made, it comes out like more like a spotlight. Those bright spotlights that you'll see, um, the police use them, boats use them, various people have them for their hunting, so on and so forth, but they're very bright spotlights. So that's the way the pattern produces its field of penetration. Well, when that comes out, that means it's more intense. So it, it, if, if you put it on your hand, if you put that coil, put that, put your hand out and laid your hand on that coil and it would come through, you would feel it uh, hitting all of your joints. More like, I, I don't want to use, but it, it's, it's just more intense. It's, it's uh, sharper, if you will. Have a little electric feel to it as it, as it enters, as, it, as you begin to turn it up. So the reason the paddle feels differently than the other coils is because of the way this, the, it comes out. If you look at those lights, when, when someone has that spotlight, you really can't look into it. Well, it's a similar kind of thing. It's, a, it's that intense as it comes out of the paddle. Basically, the paddle it doubles whatever the intensity is uh, of the devices, and I'll go a little bit there as well. When you have a device, the device is designed to produce, let's just say, at maximum capability with the perfect coil, 1.9 Tesla, let's say. The, the Max machine or the upper uh, end Maya is, is designed to produce that much power. The coil itself, the, ap the application of the applicator itself really takes and, does, and and stipulates what that power is going to be. In, in other words, a great big coil is a larger area, so it produces less uh, gauss or less energy that comes out than a coil that's small, let's say this size. These are more intense and you'll get more gauss out of a smaller coil than you do out of a great big coil. So that's how it progresses through the way the power goes. So when you use the paddle, like I said, that's wound in a pure Tesla fashion, it will produce the maximum uh, output that the machine is designed to produce. Whereas the other coils, just by virtue of their size and the number of turns, the number of pieces of copper wire that are in those coils, has an, uh, a direct impact on what the gauss delivery from those coils is. That is why we have on the semi machine, for example, if you use the semi with the large loop, the butterfly, or the wave wings, it fits, uh, it meets the FEI criteria because it, it only produces uh, less than a thousand gauss coming out of those coils uh, produced by the semi. It is possible to use, for example, the Max machine with the large wave wings and, and produce less than a thousand gauss. Now, the way we measured that is we took the Max machine, put the large wave wings on it, turned the machine all the way up to see how much gauss was produced for those great big wings. And it was 
just under a thousand gauss. So e each attachment regulates what can be uh, delivered and that's on the maximum setting if you will. So that's how we measure those uh, signals and how those devices uh, can be used in, in, various w in various ways and how the gauss is delivered. Great question and I hope that uh, gives you some clarity. Again, the paddle is ju just by design, produces more intensity and it feels a little different than the uh, other coils because of the way uh, the signal is delivered. Let's see, um, okay, here's a question. Uh, it should be, f oh, okay, we had a setup issue. We were answering the uh, sound question. So if you have a question, put it in the uh, chat box. It'll come up here for me. Uh, put it in the chat box on YouTube or on Facebook or give me a call uh, or send a text to 502-599-9722 and I'd be happy to answer any questions that you have. Are you in your Facebook on there, on the chat thing? Uh, I do have Facebook on, um, well, let's see. That's right. Someone wants to know, uh, should they wait 10 days before working on a fracture? Okay. Great question. And I will, I will say that there's a couple of answers to this particular question. In the horse world, in, in the animal world, because we, we want things to be correct, in the, in the uh, equine world, we recommend waiting uh, 10 days or so before you start working. And it's a, it's a pretty simple answer. Years ago, we would start treating horses if they had a fracture immediately. You can do that, but what we don't want to create is a false positive. Quite often when we start treating, the in, if, if you had a break and you began to treat it the day of the break and you came back three weeks later, let's say, and you did a, an x-ray, the break may look very solid. It may look very good, but yet on the inside where the bone is healing, it may still have some to go. So what we like to do is it, because if you start immediately you can create that healing you can not create you can help the healing on the exterior part of of the bone um, and then not really see what's going on on the inside so we want to we recommend that you wait 10 days so the bone begins to heal from the inside out and and then as you begin to treat you will see that it it, it enhances that healing and so if someone does a a, a radiograph three or four weeks out and it's still not healed you'll see that you'll see that it's soft yet in an area or not yet closed in a particular area so that's why we recommend what would happen what or what could happen is you take a radiograph oh it looks great it's healed well let's start working again and they weren't ready to work again so that's why we wait on the human side of the spectrum to where someone's in a boot or they're in a cast and they fracture it you can really begin treating immediately because they're not going to be looking at anything any differently and they understand how long it needs to to go uh, in, in order to have the proper healing so that's it's never wrong to wait 10 to 12 days before you start to treat on a person you can start a little sooner because they understand where things are going and a person will tell you you know it's still brittle it's or not brittle but it's still sore I just don't feel the strength on it that I want to have or when I put it down put my weight on it a horse won't tell you that uh, a horse just wants to go and and, uh, and move around and do do its stuff so that's why we go uh, both directions in that particular situation so 
uh, again, it it's never hurts to wait that length of time on a horse. We certainly, or even a small animal, uh, we certainly recommend that. But it, or particularly a competition small animal. If a horse is, if a, if a dog is an agility dog or uh, what type, uh, some type of show dog, you want to make sure that everything is uh, healing as best as possible uh, as you as you move along. Okay, um, great question. Thanks. I don't know why that came up from YouTube. I mean, that question did not. I'm getting questions from YouTube, but not Facebook. Um, Explain the advantage of a Max versus a Pulse Pro. The differences. Differences Max between uh, between a Max and a Pulse Pro. They're very similar. Uh, they're both spark chamber machines. The Pulse Pro is a uh, designed very similar to the max in terms of its potential maximum output that the if you would take impulse pro and turn it all the way up as high as it will go you'll receive two clicks per second if you take a max and turn it up as high as it will go you'll re receive one click per second meaning the max is a little stronger uh, than the pulse pro maybe by 10 percent 10 to 15 percent very much like the max and the maya uh, as far as separation is concerned but their signal delivery is the same their ultimate strength is very close uh, to each other uh, the the as i said the the max is a stronger does deliver uh, an intensity of one click per second which was pretty pretty um, good in terms of the intensity difference and the pulse probe does two clicks per second at its highest setting in terms of result uh, just like even going down to the uh, uh, Vesta Duo or the semi 5 or the semi 3 uh, the results uh, can be very similar when you get to the very weak unit units like the semi are not very weak but the weaker smaller units like the semi in some cases if you're treating a joint you may double your treatment times or if you're treating the body you're never going to turn the max all the way up when you treat the body you're not going to turn this the the pulse pro all the way up when you're treating the overall body so they're right there in the same energy fields as it's as it's being delivered probably the biggest difference between the max and and the uh, current pulse pro is is the max is built more like a tank uh, and the Pulse Pro is built more like a truck, so they both will get you where you want to go. They're both durable, but the, the, the Max is just it built like a tank, and the, the Pulse Pro is built a little differently. Does that mean it won't hold up? No, it does not mean that at all. It just means that, you know, it, it's just not ultimately as durable currently as the uh, Max machine may be. But in terms of result that you're looking for, any of the devices we have operate in the same manner. They all operate with a what we call a ringer type of situation where the the signal fires, they call that the ring, and then it stops, and but you get the reverberation effect through the body, but it's a starting and stop, stop type of signal. They all deliver that, so you're getting the same cellular function with all of the devices, whether it's the Max or the Semi 3 or even the uh, B2 machine, uh, brain and body machine. So I uh, hope that helps answer the question. If you'd like a little further clarification, just uh, post it there and uh, um, uh, Chris will certainly get me the, the question. Yeah. Do you have any digital CE approved PMF systems to be used in Europe? Uh, this is from a, a new person as asking this question and uh, the answer to the question is that the, my, the semi 
device, the uh, Maya and, and the Simi and the Maya RCE approved at this point for use in Europe. There's, they've passed every part of the CE necessary, including the factory inspection, which took place back in uh, January and February uh, of this year. And what we're waiting on is the letter from the regulatory board of the European CE uh, that covers all the various uh, countries to submit that final letter to us. Uh, they're telling us that it's complete. They're telling us, uh, they, they even are saying, why? Well, we don't understand why you don't have it. But at any rate, uh, that's what's being waited on. Uh, we're waiting on that at the factory to have that. So uh, we have certificate, we, we, can, we have the CE number, we have everything in place. So the answer to your question is we're right there with regard to CE approval and uh, it, soon it'll be available that we can then in fact sticker the units uh, as CE approved. To my knowledge today, we're the only um, uh, company, the, the factory that we utilize and our associate companies are the only company that um, has taken the effort to become CE approved medically in uh, in the countries that, that uh, use that designation. The CE in Europe, the medical CE in Europe is much like the FDA approval here in the United States. So uh, we, we work down that road in order to do do that just so you further understand this also is that we can send units to Europe for veterinary purposes uh, if they're to be used in a veterinary line we can send uh, devices to Europe to send or, or to Canada to send devices for medical use they must be CE medical approved to have that designation you have to be safety cleared in the United States meaning you have I'm going to use the term the one that everybody's familiar with is UL tested we use a similar company called Intertech is who did the safety testing on our equipment so you must be safety tested safety cleared in the United States with regard to operation the device is built in such a manner that it's safe to operate it, it can be used in these types of situations health and wellness situations on people in, that they so, so for U.S. device to go to Europe for human use must be safety cleared, CE cleared, or CE, uh, a member of the CE, and then uh, go through all the factory inspections to show that, that you meet uh, all the qualifications and requirements that they have in Europe. Uh, we're one of the only uh, associates of companies or a company of associates uh, that does safety test the equipment. Uh, that is available for human export to the company, the countries that accept or require CE for those purposes. Most other folks don't go to that expense or time to test their equipment because they want to do business only here in the United States or they're not concerned about doing business uh, elsewhere or using the device for human use elsewhere. To that regard, we have devices, the digital devices, again, the semi. Um, Maya uh, devices and soon the Vesta Duo that we are working for FDA um, approval here in the United States for s specific uses uh, in, in health and wellness. And again, that's a very arduous process that we are uh, following. The, the spark chamber devices being the Max, the Pulse Pro, uh, and so forth are not uh, in that lane at this point for FDA um, clearance in the United States. The digital devices are, and part of that is because of how they're operated, how they're controlled, uh, the FDA kind 
kind of likes things to be very cut and dry with how they're turned on, turned off, started, stopped, how you change the various uh, power intensities going down the road with those types um, of devices. The Vesta Duo, uh, as I talked about, is currently in safety testing. It is the newest of the units. The Semi has been around for a few years. The Maya has been around for a few years. The Vesta Duo, I believe, we've had out now for about a year, but it is in the process of completing the, the safety uh, testing on the device, and then it will be added to the uh, uh, CE and the US FDA, uh, FDA channels. Um, and that's how that whole thing uh, unfolds with those various devices. If you have a question, uh, please uh, put it up in the chat box and I will be happy to do it. I think we have a question. Yes, uh, someone's recommended in a loose set of guidelines for a client with breast cancer who is not doing chemo or radiation. Okay, um, what, we, what has been found uh, over the years, and there is an FDA cleared device today for glioblastoma brain tumors that is a PEMF device. And, but over the years in the veterinary space, uh, they have found and we've seen and in Europe that the device is very effective for reducing the size of tumors, helping the oxygenation of the body, which then can, the cancer doesn't like oxygen, and so if, if the oxy oxygen can be improved, that can help help fight the cancer, the white blood cells are larger as, as a result of these treatments, better allowing them to do their job in the fight uh, against cancer or body health. And, and so specifically to the breast cancer uh, situation, we had a speaker uh, at MagnaCon this week who has had uh, breast cancer issues over the years and has uh, always had problems with her mammograms, uh, that there were lumps there or things showing up and they were always questioning what they were, but since she's been using using PEMF for the last couple of years. Uh, she basically puts the large mat or sometimes opens up the butterfly and places it over her chest. Her mammograms have been clear. Everything's been, been working just fine. So uh, the procedure would be that if you wanted to work with pain and work with uh, oxygenation to help reduce, potentially reduce size of tumors and so forth, um, it, it's certainly an application that, that, that could be used that many people have use. You always want to clear that with your doctor. We typically in the United States do not treat uh, for pain or the situation when when someone is on chemotherapy. We wait till the chemotherapy is completed uh, in 24 hours or so and then we begin treating for the period of time before their next uh, chemo treatment or ongoing if they're not going to have further chemo. The reason for that is chemo quite often people have a uh, what I will say an adverse result or an adverse uh, situation with the chemo and they and they become ill. They, it makes them sick. Well we don't want to enhance that uh, with the utilization of PEMF. So in the United States uh, we wait till the chemotherapy is completed. In other countries uh, in, in Europe for example where PEMF has been more of a mainline uh, form of medicine for for years and for forever basically. That's where Tesla was and all this stuff began uh, and in Greece uh, it is used in conjunction with uh, chemotherapy because they want to enhance the effect of what the chemotherapy is doing in, in its fight against the cancerous cells or cancer tumors. 
or tumors as a result uh, of, of what's going on. So in the United States, we kind of move away from that. In, in other countries, they, they go more straight on. There are some tests or some studies that have been de are being designed and being uh, tried in, um, around the world that where you can use a lesser amount of chemo along with PEMF so to enhance how the chemo works, but you're not increasing the amount of poison that you're putting into the body. And, or poison, or some people term it as poison, but what the chemo uh, drug in fact does. So um, I hope that helps with regard to the uh, breast cancer or tumor uh, type of situation. Uh, in my personal example, which we've talked about before with a prostate scare, uh, using the PEMF certainly controlled the inflammation and the oxygenation in my body. And when they did the biopsy and what was there was dead and benign. So we were very happy with that. But that's with the application, daily application of PEMF from the time of my diagnosis or the time that they wanted to, to check it further to the uh, actually 10 weeks until they did were able to do the biopsy. So if you have further questions on that, just simply put it in the chat box and I'd be happy to take that further. If you'd like to discuss it further, send me a text to 502-599-9722. Great job, Tony, putting that up there so I can see it. <laughs> As we move, do we have another question? Yep. Uh, so Felicia Carroll, you talked to her at MagnaCon. Uh-huh. Uh, her horse got worse on Friday and it's foundered with a slight rotation in the left foot. Should she continue to treat as high as possible? No, I would basically, uh, she, Felicia's got a situation that, that, that they've really have been everybody struggling, struggling with trying to figure out what's going on with this particular horse and, and uh, with its founder situation and, and it's something that you can treat and treat and treat and it's still there. The vets are talking about it. They've kind of come back thinking there could be some dietary uh, action taking place that, to, that that's exacerbating this particular problem. What I would do, Felicia, is I would just continue to treat, but I would kind of, kind of go more moderate until they get things figured out. Let's work on the circulation, the basic blood oxygenation to enhance that particular area as you nail down further what could be, could be going on with that particular animal as the veterinarians work to uh, further isolate what's happening. Thanks for the question. Anything else? Uh, yes, uh, we have one here. Uh, Open wounds that are wrapped on horses, can, can you treat those as well? If the open wound is bandaged, you can treat right over uh, the bandaged area and you will in fact, uh, with the potentiality of better oxygenation and better blood flow to the area, help speed up the healing process of that wound. So the fact that there's a bandage does not mean that you can't treat. In fact, you can treat through casts. If, a, if you're treating a person or a dog that has a hard cast or a boot, you can treat right through that. Uh, and a bandage, you can treat right through that as well. Or in many cases, what folks will do if it's an open wound, they'll get ready to dress the wound, clean it, get it ready to go for a new bandage. They'll treat it for five to 10 minutes and then bandage uh, to get that uh, activity going. But the bandage will not slow down or impede anything taking place as you're treating. And they've also worked on people that have a chronic issue and they don't feel the machine at all. Uh, is that nerve damage? Well, depending on what the issue is, but if they don't feel it at all in a particular area, and, and this is an interesting thing, people have different thresholds of pain. And so it, it, they may be having a lot of pain, but their threshold is high. So as you're applying the energy to the body, they're really not feeling it uh, hitting them uh, or, or going into their body like someone else might 
feel it. Uh, could you take that back to nerve damage in a particular area that, that is uh, uh, stopping the pain from being, much like a, if someone has a broken back or something like that and they're not feeling pain in an area or that type of thing. I suppose that could be uh, an issue there that it could be from the uh, pot uh, potentiality of nerve damage. We have that a lot with neuropathy. When someone has neuropathy and and we and you can get it and they feel it, but it depends how long they've had it. What is their percentage of, of involvement with their neuropathy? If they're 85% is a number that you hear. If they developed 85% of issue in their, in their feet or their legs, it's very difficult to bring that down. If you can start treating as it's developing, and, and uh, in the, let's say 20, 30, 40 percent ranges. In many cases you can re regress that and have it come back and you can certainly uh, with circulation and oxygenation kind of stall it to keep it from moving more. We have that with arthritis. Arthritis is quite often exacerbated uh, by the buildup of calcium over your joints area or through your joints which makes some moving a little difficult. The nerves and the muscles that, that go over the joint become uh, irritated by the fact that the calcium is there. Can we reduce the inflammation on the nerve and, and give some pain relief? Yes, but we don't reduce the calcium. This doesn't go in and break up calcium and clear it out. It can slow the development of the calcium uh, over the joint area and thereby uh, keeping it from getting potentially worse and uh, maybe bringing it into a control type of situation. So that's one of the things. The real beauty of where we're going and the real as we get further into this is the opportunity to use this technology, to use um, uh, this energy that we're producing for not only recovery or pre but for prevention. If we can keep treat your hands, if you're if if you're 30 years old today and you've had a lot of uh, arthritis in your family in your hands, the best thing you could do is to begin treating your hands today, and and so it doesn't get to the point that maybe others in your family have experienced with the development of the calcium and the and the disformation and, and things that that take place uh, in your hands and so forth. I hope that. Uh, helps with that explanation or that question that you've asked. Anything else? Um, Ivy Wong uh, wants to know about um, C60 dosage, regular C60 dosage. Okay, let me think back on the regular C C60 dosage uh, in in the bottle. Typically, um, what they recommended uh, from the from C60 or from uh, Living Longer Labs was to do three to four dropperfuls twice a day. In, in many cases. Now I do know people who have had very good results with C60 doing three dropperfuls or four dropperfuls uh, once a day depending on the, you know their stature, how it gets assimilated into the body, all of that uh, comes into it. But I would say and what I did in the beginning Ivy was I did three uh, dropperfuls in the morning and three dropperfuls in the evening or at, at bedtime um, every day and over a period of, uh, it was about three months prior to my next physical that I began this regimen and my blood work was was almost a hundred percent different uh, when they did it improved uh, over other times when they've done my blood work and that has continued uh, for the last three years that I've been uh, actively taking C60. There was a time uh, that I was up to five dropperfuls no particular reason, I you know, it, 
talking to Max and the different people living longer. Uh, Max did five dropper fulls, so I thought, okay, I'll try that. Uh, everything as far as my uh, blood work and the stability of my blood work has continued to be to be better than it was prior to C60 and I've not had a, a telomere test to where they check the the length or the ends of the telomeres what C60 does is it basically the the end of your chromosome or, or, or chromosomes is that the the, uh, t the telomeres are on there to protect to give balance to to the string if you will and as those diminish in size then that that's where the aging stuff comes along. That's where the, the chromosomes begin to show, you know, allow us to age or whatever, or uh, don't do their job as well as they could, balance-wise, health-wise, so on and so forth. And the, the C60 has been shown to help with the uh, protective telomere area uh, of the chromosomes, chromosomes, and and so th th that's the that's the issue. So Ivy, I would suggest if you're doing the uh, the liquid the dropper form, I would do three uh, three dropperfuls uh, in the morning and three in the evening, and then when you do for your next physical, see how things uh, come out with the blood work and how how you feel, and, and so on and so forth. I, I would like to get a telomere test to see where I am uh, with my uh, age and, and that type of stuff. There's a lot of things that add to that, but at any rate, that's the dosage of the C60 that we recommend starting at. With the pills, with the C60 uh, black seed oil uh, capsules that we have today, black seed oil is a is a form of medicinal that is used around the world that has a lot of good health properties that have been shown with its application and then they're combining C60 to it and uh, people are having a very good result uh, with that uh, type of application. I have switched from the dropper fulls to the capsules to see how they do uh, uh, and the whole the whole nine yards there and I there I am taking three capsules uh, sometimes I take five capsules at a time morning and evening um, or pretty much I, I don't do the evening max does I do three to five capsules in the morning because uh, I don't think about going back and taking them I don't have any other medications that I'm directed to take in the evening so I just don't think about doing that uh, the issue with the capsule when you do use the droplets under the tongue you're getting some sublingual result and it's absorbed into the system a little easier when you use the gel caps now you put it into your gut and it needs to uh, be released and and help get to the body uh, in that fashion so there is a, a, what you might call a lead lag uh, you don't get quite the absorption that with the gel caps that you do with the with the dropper fulls but the gel caps are they don't have the taste uh, some people don't like the taste of the whether it's the olive oil the avocado whatever it may be on the basis of the droppers whereas with the gel caps you just take them and bingo there's no taste you just do it and away you go so it's a personal preference on what some people some people like the black seed oil if you read about that, go to Google and look up black seed oil, how it's used in, in around the world, and then couple that with the C60. Kind of interesting. So we're excited about that as we uh, move forward. If you have questions and you're on YouTube, just put it in the YouTube chat box. It'll come right here on my computer. Next week we'll have it so the Facebook comes up here also uh, on the computer, but uh, or put it into the Facebook chat box, or send me a text to 502-599-9722, and I'd be more than happy to uh, answer your questions whatever they may be we're about five minutes to the hour of 10 we were a little late getting started this morning it was about 10 minutes after nine before we got going
I'm moving a little slower today than I and uh, I wanted to uh, just get in here and get set up. Uh, I do feel boy, I tell you, MagnaCon wore me out. Um, it, it Saturday when it was over, I was tired. Saturday night, I was done. I was sore. I was my sore in my joints, and, and I needed to do something for that. And uh, Sunday was better through the day, but really tired and sore Sunday night. Yesterday, I felt pretty good, uh, totally recovered, if you will. You know, I, uh, you know, at at, uh, at my age, which is, you know, I'm having fun, but uh, I guess I just can't go as long and as fast as I as you used to. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, I used PMF to feel better, and, uh, and I did all weekend long. I used my own stuff to help feel better and get better energy. If you have a question, uh, simply put it up there, and I'd be more than happy to address it at this time. Anything there, uh, Chris? Nothing okay. else? Okay. Um, so if you have questions, there were a couple other questions that came in. Uh, video on YouTube. Is there a video on YouTube that explains how PMF helps with migraines? I'm sure if you go to our channel and put in migraines, we've got some videos where we've discussed them on the office hours or in webinars, talked about migraines. Uh, basically, so I'm sure there is something there on YouTube on the MagnaWave channel or elsewhere on YouTube talking about mag about. Uh, migraines. Basically the situation there is we want to treat the the back of the head or the area where you're having uh, some difficulty. What do we want to do is we want to improve the blood flow to the area. We want to improve oxygenation to the area which takes away which helps takes away inflammation, take away inflammation. Migraines are a result of something happening whether it's a a dietary trigger or an emotional trigger whatever happens but the pain comes from inflammation in that in the area of the brain or where you're having it and the severity of the inflammation directly relates to the severity of the of the migraine so if we can help the circulation we certainly want to do that a lot of people who have migraines at onset uh oh it's coming if they get to treating immediately uh, then they can they can slow that down or maybe keep that trigger from fully engaging and that and that uh, migraine taking place if you will so it tends other people treat themselves regularly uh, if they have a propensity to have migraines more often so if they could just keep good blood circulation uh, into the head we also recommend treating the feet uh, which is kind of a re reflexology type of thing going on as you treat the feet uh, with the migraine or a general headache uh, or even really treating the feet is not a bad deal no matter what you're doing but we've used it in conjunction with headaches a lot where you treat the area of the headache and then we treat the feet and we seem to get a more rapid reaction to that type of uh, activity. So to that being said, uh, and there was another question that was asked, let's see, uh, let me pull it up here. Several uh, torn, here's a client with several torn ligaments in his arm. He's been using the MagnaWave prior to the MRI. Uh, he had done last week. He's going to give me the exact tear of what happened. Any chance we could avoid surgery if we continue treatment? Well, here's a situation where someone is, is asking, I'm going to find out exactly how it's torn and exactly where the tear is. Will it, it sit, help with that situation? And the answer is, if we improve blood oxygenation and blood flow to the area, we stand a chance of helping that area better heal itself. 
be in a better balance cell from the cellular level to do the job that we want to do with the healing process. The exact tear, the exact location of the tear really doesn't enter into what we're dealing with. We're dealing with helping the body better heal itself. And But you can treat the exact area. I mean, if you know, is it, is it on the inside, on the outside, on the top of the knee, on the back, or the ankle, or wherever the situation may be, to specifically treat that area can be beneficial. Can you avoid surgery? Perhaps. Can't tell you that you will, but perhaps if you just help the area heal. I had that. I had a, I had an MCL that I damaged moving into one of our offices a few years ago, and it sounded like a baseball bat when I hit in my leg when it, when it happened, and uh, I went immediately. I did not have a machine with me because we were moving into the new offices. I immediately went home, treated myself for about Oh, 20 to 30 minutes uh, and then I did that three times a day and I was able to keep going during that process uh, of, of the healing. I called my doctor and I said I think maybe I've torn something here because it's painful and it's hurting. Doctor was out of town they said go to the emergency room. I didn't want to do that so I continued to treat. When the doctor came in, came back from his vacation, I went to see him. He asked me what I was doing. He knew that we had MagnaWave and we utilized this therapy all the time and he said your healing is moving along just fine I can't do an MRI you're not your healing is far enough along that they won't they wouldn't approve an MRI at this point so just keep going and, and keep working at it and I, I believe it was about mm, two months two and a half months to where as opposed to a lot of times it gets into the four and five month period of time some people even longer for these types of things to heal to where they have pretty good daily motion and movement and, and lack of pain. I was about three months uh, and everything was, was good and solid. I went back to my doc and he said everything's clear, you know, have a good day. So uh, as, as you get into those types of situations with ligament areas and, and nerves and all that kind of stuff to know exactly you sure it's good to know exactly what the tear is or what uh, uh, the the diagnosis is our our protocol is put it on and treat the area treat the body get good oxygenation and let it better enhance uh, what's going on um, so um, let's see thoughts on doing for those who work with thoroughbreds thoughts on doing sessions on race day this person's in Ohio and they have no restrictions what you want to know there and we're about out of time uh, for today is what you want to know in regard to race day for horses it's each horse is different so you want to work on that horse a few times in a situation that is not race day to see how the horse responds. What we typically do, what I did uh, when I was actively on the road doing treatments, if I had a race horse and, and it was race day, uh, we would try to treat six to eight hours out or the night before. Uh, we learned if you treated the hor some horses two or three hours before the race, it may take the edge off and the horse doesn't give you the performance that you're looking for. Other horses you could treat two or three hours before the race and they give you better energy and, and good oxygen, you know, good endurance, if you will, or being able to run fast longer. And, and so each animal is different. Each person is different. Some people you'll treat them today and they feel better tomorrow than they feel today. So, you, 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 so treating a horse race day, if you're allowed to do that, I would learn what effect it has on the horse with regard to edge or no edge uh, or reduced edge and then treat those horses accordingly. If there is no ruling and they're free to let you do that in Ohio, uh, in Kentucky there are no real regulations on that but the vets prefer that we be a day out. 
and people treat their horses they're going to race today they treated them last night uh, or they treated them yesterday morning and depending on you know where they are it we and we've learned that to be six to eight ten hours out before an event it's very difficult to go wrong it is possible to go wrong an hour out uh, one of the one of the very first practitioners uh, that ever joined me as a practitioner and, and having a machine uh, treated her horse at two o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday went to the ring at three thirty four o'clock and the horse didn't even want to go to the ring didn't want to jump a fence didn't want to do anything and, and she was certainly disappointed the next day she took the horse out and it jumped better had more energy better range of motion than it had ever had so she learned immediately this horse gets treated day before not day of or a few hours before I've had plenty of instances though where I have treated horses under saddle they're ready to go they're going to the ring the riders gonna get on and I'm treating each foot for three minutes because of the compression that those feet take when they come over the come over the rails and the compression as they as they hit the turf or hit the hit the ground so each animal is different each situation is different now with that said if you're going to treat if a horse uh, has sore knees and range of motion tends to be a little bit of an issue and you can treat that uh, three or four hours before the race you're not going to do an overall adjustment to the horse's edge or whatever by simply treating its knees each knee for three to four minutes prior to a race to give it better range of motion and better uh, feeling if you will so that's a little guideline in, in how you might approach uh, that type of thing with regard to racehorses or even performance horses or whatever day of the event. It varies uh, from state to state and, and ruling to ruling, but it, each animal, each person is different. I uh, hope that helps with that situation. Anything else, Chris? Okay, everything. Oh, let's see. Um, one question here from YouTube. What is the price of the Vestal Duel? will be the same? Will the price of the Vestiduo be the same after CE approvement? Uh, the answer to that is yes. Uh, at this point, there is there are no price differenti differentiations coming up on the uh, Vestiduo, and you'll be able to uh, what what we're doing is the machines uh, are basically cleared with regard to the, the, the sticker part, part of the thing. So if someone in Europe has a Vesta Duel or a Semi or a Maya and they're using it in that fashion, once we receive this information, we'll be able to get them the stickers to put onto their machines to show that they are fully CE approved uh, in, that, in that arena. So, hope that great question. Thank you for asking. Uh, we are out of time. Got another meeting. We're getting ready to start at this point uh, on this Tuesday morning. Uh, we're certainly glad you joined us. Uh, great questions today. Always enjoy uh, spending some time and answering those questions. I hope you find it beneficial to yourself as well. So, uh, wave on. Have a great, uh, great week and a great day. And uh, to create some magna wellness out there to your uh, your clients and customers. Thank you for joining me. Have a great day. Bye-bye.